What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 240th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. Pen away from 250. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will. Yeah, and I'm probably nor more nor wow. I'm, that's how nervous I am. I can't even talk properly. I'm more nervous than than I've been in a long time, especially when recording this particular program. Because your big run is tomorrow. My my big run, yes. Uh, my twenty six point two mile marathon is tomorrow morning. I have to be up at four o'clock in the morning and out the door at five. Yeah, I thought of you. That's why we're recording on a Saturday night instead of a Sunday morning. Yeah, how thank thank you for being so thoughtful. I, you me. know, <laughs> I, fi- I figured that after you ran twenty six miles and ate a, eat a pe- ate eat eat a pizza, that you wouldn't want to you know talk for two hours after uh, all yeah. that. I will want no human interaction whatsoever. Yes, yes. So. Well, you got no human interaction because I didn't even end up coming to visit you. That is true. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, how funny we're not in the same room together right now. You know who also isn't in the same room? Uh, Travis is not in the same room with us, but... I got to start the show with a little story. So, I was working in a lab late one night. When my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash, it was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. These are just the lyrics from the monster mash. Well, thanks for explaining that. I thought um, you were going to put like a twist on it or something, but nope, just no, drug. it's just that this is coming out on Halloween, so dry. happy the, Halloween, everyone. For those of you with a more rarefied and cultured taste, I recommend checking out the album Spike Jones and Hi-Fi, which is all horror songs and not so popular quotes as Monster Mash. I kind of like the Monster Mash. I think it's a decent it, it song. It is a graveyard smash. It's it's pretty I, decent for we got a show for you guys. We're going <laughs> to I'm I'm all over the place. We don't have that much news, actually. The biggest news is just the final evolutions of the starters and some other Pokemon were shown. We're going to talk about that. There was two episodes of Pokemon Generation that we're going to go through, and one was uh, spooky, to say the least. And then we have our Pokemon of the week. So we're going to try to get through all that and know that we're pretty long-winded when it comes to talking about new Pokemon and talking about Pokemon generations, so we don't want to completely bore everyone to death. And I think with the with the the closer the closer we get to Sun and Moon, the more new listeners we're gonna bring in. So hopefully we I don't want to turn anyone away by talking uh twenty minutes about wrestling, but let me tell you that there's a Pokemon that is wrestling theme that we'll be talking about. So Will's on his run tomorrow. Travis probably has Travis you supplying Pokemon Go. I am. I'm really enjoying the Halloween update. Do you... Let's let's just jump into news here. And let's talk about the Halloween update because I was actually really excited for it. I wanted to... Normally, I play Pokemon Go the most when I'm traveling. And because I was unable to travel this weekend, those plans fell through. But what what's in this Go update? A few things. First, what you would notice most readily, and I think the coolest part of it is that the spawn rate for so-called spooky pokemon is increased very very significantly 
to the point where I would say that Meowth and Cubone and Ghastly, at least in my area, spawn more frequently now than Pidgey and Rattata or Rattata do on a typical day. And that's really cool because I don't see, even though I live in an urban area, I don't see a lot of Meowth and I do not see any Cubone. I hadn't even, or maybe I had hatched one or, but it, I don't, if, if I had a Cubone, it was because I just hatched it from an egg, not because I had ever caught one. Um, I live in a city that's too far North to be able to catch a Cubone. So uh, the fact that they have been spawning at an increased rate is very cool. The fact that Drowsy is spawning at an increased rate means nothing to me because Drowsy is another Pokemon whose spawn rate is correlated with Latitude, although it's on an inverse way with Cubone, so I just get a whole bunch of them up here. Um, but So that's the first thing, is that um, Ghastly, Haunter, Gengar, Meowth, I don't think Persian, uh, but Meowth, Marowak... Uh, Cubone, Drowsy, Hypno, I think just those spawn an increased rate. That's very cool, um, especially because pretty much in that list, there's probably at least one Pokemon you typically don't see in your area in that list. If you're in the south, you typically don't see Drowsy. If you're in the north, you typically don't see Cubone, and I'm just talking about the U.S., I realize. The better thing, I think this, the second, the, the thing you would notice kind of second and is um, more beneficial for recurring players, people who play a lot, is that for from when did it start? I think the 26th of October until whenever it ends, presumably at the end of the 31st, at the end of Halloween. Yeah, I think it's November 1st in the morning, but yeah. You get double candies for virtually everything and quadruple candies for buddy Pokemon. So that means catching a Pokemon gets you six candies, transferring a Pokemon gets you two candies, hatching Pokemon gets you a bunch of candies. It's always been sort of a uh, random number within a range of candies that you can get. So you can get something ridiculous up to, I think it was uh, 68 or something candies from one hatch. And if you're lucky, that is. And then your buddy Pokemon's walk requirements to get you a candy are cut in quarters so for instance i'm walking execute right now and it only takes 0.75 kilometers to find a candy i think those are the only oh and then there's also a cool spooky loading screen but i think those are the only very spooky halloween things that are happening but you know it's cool that i've got a whole bunch of pokemon that i i didn't have before like cubone and marowak and you know i had persian but but a whole bunch of because Meowth is one of my favorite Pokemon, so seeing them all over the place has been fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a I'm I'm a sucker for any type of game that that does events like this, holiday events, special events, and stuff. I was just just a bit bummed that my travel plans fell through, but glad that you're enjoying it. It seemed though overall, it seemed very positive, at least what I saw on Twitter and Facebook and uh, on Reddit and stuff that people really did enjoy this update. Yeah, I think the only snafu, I think at one point, I don't know how substantiated this claim was, but I saw some people saying that for a brief period of time at the very beginning, all nests had accidentally been replaced with Cubone nests. I don't know if that was actually 
true or if that's just a thing I saw on one of you the Pokemon taking Go over. that was unsubstantiated. But I didn't really notice that, so that's why I say that with hesitation. Although um, I wasn't, I don't think I was walking. I might not just not have walked past. Not, I mean, I saw a lot of Cubone, but I didn't like. I, I guess I have really no evidence because I don't think I actually went to any nests that day. But I mean, I went to a nest today, a Voltorb nest, and there were a bunch of Voltorb there. So if it did happen, that was fixed promptly. So yeah, I think other than that small thing, I think everyone was pretty happy with it. It seemed like a cool update overall. So yeah. Yeah, I have a coworker who plays uh, Pokemon Go all day at work and literally leaves her phone open in meetings with Pokemon Go running. Huh? I mean, I guess you could always have it running if you had the Pokemon Go Plus thing, too. Might be more battery efficient for her to maybe purchase that. Meh, not the kind of person that's going to be wearing a Pokemon Go Plus. All right. You know, to each their own. Uh, before our big news here, just a reminder that we're not going to talk about anything in regards to the leak. In this new segment, we're only talking about the Pokemon that TCPI officially revealed. So if you're worried about, you know, the other X amount of Pokemon they haven't shown yet, we did talk about those last episode after the credits. We just gave our first impressions on those Pokemon. I know there's a bunch of stuff that was leaked that we haven't talked about yet. You know, we're getting more details as we get closer. So sometimes, uh, or so in the future, if, if they stop giving us news after news, we might be able to touch on those, but either we'll get to it eventually, obviously, when, when we play the games. But we're going to talk about the seven, technically the eight new Pokemon they showed here, uh, including the three final evolution starters. Before I get into that, just a quick reminder that we do have its super effective shirts up for sale. They will ship and should arrive to you before... Pokemon Sun and Moon come out, so if you're interested, they're like 20 bucks. Uh, I think there's there's also, I, I think, I know, there's also a hoodie for like $32 or, $32 or something. So if, you, if you're interested in Pokemon Podcast merchandise, uh, that's on our Twitter and our Facebook, and it's been posted in Slack, so just look for that. I I'd like, I tweet it once a day from the at Pokemon Podcast account, so that ends at Monday at like 3 p.m. Central Time if you're interested in that. Uh, okay, let's talk about these new Pokemon. You guys want to start with the, the starters? Well, I have to say something before we, we talk about the new Pokemon. Um, I just want to say to all of our listeners who haven't been listening because they don't want anything about the games spoiled for them, they don't even want to know anything about the starters or even the officially released Pokemon, um, you can't hear me right now. Okay, go on. <laughs> I, yeah, let's start with the starters. Yeah, let's start with the starters. I had a listener here on Twitter tweet me the the breakdown. Well, how do you? What happens when you break down a word? The how many the phonetic, the phonetic way to say it? Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. broke it down phonetically. I saw that tweet. Yeah. All right. So let me see if you guys agree with the phonetics here, and if I don't butcher this, we'll start with uh, decidui. No. Yeah, decidui. Decidui, that's close enough. Wait, because oh, yes. it's yeah, like a decid right. like a deciduous tree, a tree yeah, that but, loses right. its leaves. But but de decidui, not decidui. Oh, okay. Would, I would say decid. Oh yeah, yeah yeah, deciduous. Yeah, that's right. Deciduous is a so, yeah, is a so form decidui. of tree. Mm -hmm. Is it a form of tree in Hawaii? 
deciduous <laughs> is a general term that refer it's the opposite of evergreen an evergreen tree keeps yeah, deci- its leaves deciduous forever. trees are all over the world all everywhere. over the world yes breaking news deciduous trees everywhere it is a grass ghost type pokemon evolves from dartrix it has the ability overgrow Decidueye is the only Pokemon that can learn a new move, Spirit Shackle, which is a ghost-type physical move that prevents a Pokemon it hits from fleeing or switching out. The Aeroquill Pokemon, Decidueye, is the fully evolved form of the grass and flying type first partner Pokemon, Rowlet. Decidueye attacks with astonishing speed, plucking Aeroquills from its wings to send them hurling towards its target with precise aim. This Pokemon is able to move about with completely masking its presence from others. Decidueye is the only Pokemon that can learn Spirit Shackle, uh, which we just talked about. Uh, all right, there you go. Uh, Travis, is Rowlet still your Pokemon of choice? I'm still going to pick Rowlet. As I mentioned in the last episode where we talked about this Pokemon after the credits where we talked about Decidueye before we knew its name. I said that I didn't really love it. I bet I know what convinced you a little bit. Do you think? Well, I mean, it's it's I bet when you saw the animation of of Decidueye pulling down its hood, I bet that that little bit sold you. Yeah, that animation was cool. I I, seeing it animated helps a little bit. I I still am. I still feel like it's a very visually complicated Pokemon and in an us my tongue. I still feel like it's a visually complicated Pokemon in an unnecessary way. But I really like Rowlet and I really like Dartrix. So I'm I mean it's 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 fine. I like uh Primarina or Primarina better, I think, as a final evolution, but I like Rowlet and Dartrix so much I'm still going to pick them i think the i think spirit shackle that's what it's called right yes is a really cool move in the in the way that it's a scary face on a stick in the same way that like nuzzle is a thunder wave on a stick i think that's i i think those moves that sort of combine damaging effects with effects that were previously only attainable through non-damaging moves are are cool when they're they have a relative pool of pokemon that can learn them because it they can be pretty valuable i don't know how valuable spirit shackle in particular would be but it's theoretically cool uh will what are your thoughts on on this guy well i like i'm I'm really interested that this is the first time we've had a starter that gains ghost type yep which obviously i feel would be more appropriate for croaky stop please but, please stop um, <laughs> You know, I mean, we're getting it. We're getting it at this point. And, and that actually makes it somewhat interesting to me that it has the ghost type because I am a fan of ghost type Pokemon. Um, and I also am, am intrigued that it's evolution. So it goes from from grass ground. Does it stay grass, grass ground? Flying. No, no. Right, yeah. Grass uh, flying. Gra- wait. Grass flying, oh, grass so flying, it, grass ghost. Yeah, it never was ground, was it? Dang. Ground was... We were when we looked at the the hidden CSS on the Japanese Pokemon website. Ground was the one of the PNGs that was hidden. They tricked us again. <sighs> or they just well, have bad web developers. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think they intentionally hid 
Maybe maybe they, maybe they did. So, hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah, and I agree kind of that it's a little overcomplicated. There's a lot going on in that design there. Yeah. Do you think I I don't know. I don't think it's any more complicated than Torterra. Uh, yeah, Torterra is a little too complicated of a design there. So, there you go. Torterra, yeah, Torterra has a lot going on. Yeah, I like Torterra, but I can't really disagree that it has this has similar problems. I guess it just bothers me more here. Now, I, I, I saw that Decidueye is based on a owl that is that was native to Hawaii, but now is extinct. Is that what you guys heard as well? I read that as well. I don't remember the species name, but I, I did read that, which would explain the ghost typing, if that is true. Right, and it looked like that owl was more between a Rowlet and Dartrix kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I'm sure, I'm sure there's history there, and I'm sure as, as, as these games are out longer and exist more, we'll get more information about it and how it was made and why it was made. And, and I mean, you can go to Bulbapedia right now, and if you look at Gen 5 or Gen 6 Pokemon, there's not a, as much trivia or not as much detail about them as like a Gen 1 or 2 or 3 Pokemon, just because they've been in existence longer. The second Pokemon, let's talk about Primarina. Primarina. Yep, that's that's what... Uh, shout out to a certified tenor who did the phonetic stuff. But yeah, I think this is the easiest name for me to say prior to uh, the list of Pokemon they've shown. Primarina is the water fairy type Pokemon, the evolution of Brony. <laughs> Still can't get that one, right? It bothers me every time. Oh, no, that's why I do it. Primarina is is the only Pokemon that can learn a new move, Sparkling Era? Aria? Sparkling Aria. A water-type move that heals burn from the target. Interesting. Interesting. Does it deal damage as well? Um, let me read the description here. The soloist Pokemon Primarina is the fully evolved form of the water-type first partner Pokemon Populio. As Primarina dances, it releases balloons of water and controls their movement- movements using the sound waves from its voice. Primarina uses some of these balloons to jump on them and maneuver in battle, whilst others explode when touched which can trigger chained explosions. Primarina is the only Pokemon that can learn sparkling, a new water type move that it it says heals the burns of any target it strikes. So it's not clear. I wonder. They don't show the damage also when it uses that move in the video. Okay. So I think they may be specifically hiding it. I wonder if it's something like, is it smelling salt that cures sleep on the target and deals double damage if they are asleep mm. or or hacks i guess is a similar well yeah no, te- well hacks hacks doesn't does cure but right it does double yeah. if it's poisoned but yeah i think it's smelling salt that deals double damage against a pokemon that's sleeping but cures their sleep so i wonder if it's a situation like that because otherwise it's just a it's just a worse heal worse heal bell <laughs> Well, no, because you can't even use it on your partners unless it's a double battle. It's it's very, very strange unless it's something like smelling salts. So it must be like smelling salts. 
Yeah, it's probably inclined towards uh, what is the ability where you get stronger if you have a status condition? That one is called. Oh, like guts or quick feet. Yeah. Or, so, um, like, if somebody's yeah, holding the the burn inflictor just to get that, then it kind of turns that shuts that down. I suppose. Yeah. But then you would just use toxic orb. Yeah, but didn't you have a whole discussion of why toxic orb is right, not but, as good as? But if if like Primarina were so good that people ran it to stop, I mean, not that even like guts Pokemon aren't even really that unstoppable. Relevant. And if if they were like if if they were so strong that you would need Primarina to check them, then you would take the small hit it would take to use Toxic Orb, even though it's slightly not optimal because it shuts down what would be your counter to it. So like it wouldn't really have that strong an effect. I'll take your word for it. I mean, it, yeah, like, like it, it would, it would shut it down if it were, if it were able to take out both burn and toxic, I suppose. But yeah, but it doesn't. So you just switch to the other one. But Travis, you already said you liked, you liked this design a lot. Will, what are, what are your thoughts? I like Primarina's design, although once again, overly complicated. I think it's, it's fun. Um, I don't think it's and- that complicated. This one I don't have that same feeling about. With all the pearls and the dress and the I mean it's ugh, dress is just going on there. Dress is just blue with with like four spikes coming out of it and it's it's headband is just one row of well, pearls with a seashell. Well, but it's like it's a headband and like a two veil. Pearl hair ties and like a, yeah, like a little crown dealy going on and frills all over the plate. Mm. Mhm. Mm. Man, Just I feel give like me a seal with a big cannon these, on his these, back. Th- these three Pokemon are definitely simpler than than these Tapu Pokemon that we're gonna get to. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're but they are complicated on purpose because they're evoking totemic imagery, which well, and also because like of first. their Z move, they have to have a a, a dealio that makes that work. <laughs> sure. Sure, we'll get yeah. there. The final Pokemon here is Incineroar, Fire Dark Pokemon. Incineroar is a Fire Dark type Pokemon that evolves from Horror Cat, which evolved from the starter Pokemon Litten. It has the ability Blaze. Incineroar is the only Pokemon that can learn a new move, Darkest Lariat, a Dark type physical move that deals damage while ignoring the target's stat changes. That's always fun. Yeah, uh, the description here from TCPI is the heal Pokemon. Incineroar is the fully evolved form of the first fire type. First, the fire type first partner Pokemon Litten. As Incineroar's fighting spirit increases, the flames it produces within its body burst from its navel and waistline. These flames resemble a championship belt which it uses to unleash its moves. Incineroar is the only Pokemon that learns Darkest Lariat. All right, we already said all that. So, all right. What are your thoughts? Who do you want to go first? Travis, start off with you. It's a burning cat that wrestles. It's whatever. I I still don't (laughs) care about this entire line. You're not a cat person, right? I'm not. Well, I like cats. I really like cat, but like, 
I well, don't, I mean, you like Meowth, so that, yeah, that was wrong right. for me to say. I, I guess I just don't... I don't like the trend. I, I never like the starter that's just... It's... I, I guess I typically don't like fire starters because they're always just... It's this animal, but it's on fire this time. <laughs> like, like I feel like that was the... And I mean, uh, granted, it gets more complicated when it evolves into the wrestler variant, but we've seen so many fire starters that are look physically imposing in like a in your face kind of way between this and embor and typhlosion to some extent and you know like i i've i feel like this is like no different than embor you're, you're burned like you're, you're burned out of fire starters precisely I have a lot to say about this Pokemon. I have a lot to say about all these, I think. But, Will, what, what is your thoughts on Incineroar? Well, I appreciate the simplicity of its design, but in watching the actual play footage, I don't like the way it moves, and I don't like its really, really big hands. They really disturb me. It has to grab it's, stuff. It's, yeah, but those hands are, like, so much bigger than they need to be for his tiny, tiny forearms. Oh, wow. It just puts me off. I have a freeze frame on my computer right now, and it's just literally just putting me off uh, looking <laughs> at him. Um, I find it interesting that for, like, with the fire types now, for the past three generations, we now have a, a circle going from fighting to psychic to dark. So they all have a, a tier of defeating each other. Mm -hmm. um, do we have that for the grass? No, because Ghost doesn't do anything for fighting, does it? Dag. Well, fighting, that's the only fighting one. can't hit Ghost. Yeah, but that's right. Good. I mean, we're talking there's about no super relationship. There's no relationship between Ghost and Fairy either. Right. Yeah. yeah. But for um, for the water, we have at least Fairy and Dark. So we got that. But then Gen Five is just plain water, water. I don't think that the the triad of those really need to be complete rock paper hey, scissors alternative. No, like, of course not. But if you want to write trivia facts for Bulbapedia, you got to dig deep, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool when it happens. I don't. Yeah, but I don't uh, think it should be forced. Agreed. But I, and I, I was actually talking to my significant. Yeah, I was talking to my significant other about this the other day. Well, not the other day. Whenever these were announced about. How many trio trios of types are there that actually have that relationship that don't involve some involve something like Gen Six where it's sort of uneven because well no Gen Six doesn't count because Greninja is just water but like um, Greninja is water dark know, like, is it not Yeah Oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, sorry No that cut, Gen out, cut out how dumb I am but. Gen six doesn't count because Gen six does count. It's like the perfect pairing. No, it's no, it doesn't because oh because no no dark is ground. immune, and well, dark is immune, which gives Greninja a bit of an advantage over just the normal, not very effective. Like right. it's not perfect because they don't have all the same relationship to each other. Yeah, and there aren't really even that many examples of that. And when you do have them, it's 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 weird stuff. Like I forgot what one even was, but it was like ground and was that gen 4 with torterra empoleon and infernape no not infernape yeah you didn't have a you didn't have a perfect one there because 
Infernape's secondary type was fighting, which was super effective against Empoleon because it was part steel. Yep. So it sort of reversed the directionality of the cycle. I need a mathematician to analyze the 18 types we have now. How many? 17, 18? Uh, I think there's 19 types. 19? No. no. I think it's 18. Is it? 18. Yeah, right. 18 types. Man, we're getting everything um, wrong. And I need them for them to calculate how many super effective triangles there are, squares, pentagons, and if it goes further into hexagon, and just give me a count of, of each of those well, there's and definitely, a description of what there's each definitely one is. the triangle of fire, water, grass, and then there's the triangle okay, start. of... That's number one. Okay, let's there, go, let's go. There's the triangle of psychic fighting dark. All right, two. Which, okay. which doesn't count because dark is immune and they don't have a mutually equal relationship, but go on. <laughs> what do you mean dark is immune? Dark is immune to psychic. Oh, uh, well, it's still super effective against psychic. I'm right. not looking the other direction. I'm just looking water. Yeah, you're, you're not. One you, way. I mean, like, so you're not talking perfect triangles. You're talking about uh, sure. Okay, because Tri triangles of super effectiveness. Is, <laughs> that's all okay. I care about. Yeah, you're just thinking of rock paper scissors, right? This one always beats this one. This one always beats that one. It doesn't need to go the other way. Sure. Yes. Correct. I'm not overanalyzing in the Travis Wheeler style. Well, then if you're if you're opening it that far, then you can do poison fairy. Nope, you can't. Never mind. I was going to say, <laughs> nope, that doesn't work. All right, let's not dwell too much on that. I do want to point out that there, the whole boy toys, girl toys, you know, isn't going away anytime soon, even though that is the world we don't want to live in, or that is the world some people don't want to live in. But Incineroar, to me, screams the little boy or little girl that loves fire trucks, that loves the show Paw Patrol, which is very, very popular. And again, I'll take your word for it. I've never heard of this. Paw, Paw yeah, Patrol. Paw no, Patrol is this crazy phenomenon. Uh, it's like the replacement to Dora the Explorer, and I think Dora is still pretty popular. There's a lot of like nieces and nephews that when I go to people's houses, Paw Patrol is the the show and Prima. Free Marina seems like the like the Cabbage Pack Kids or Barbie kind of mentality, which some little boys or some little girls might love. And I think that's cool. I think from I I feel like that has to be somewhat intentional of we're gonna put these two Pokemon on shelves and they're definitely gonna sell very respectively to the target audience we aim that to. And I don't think that uh Decidueye fits that as well as those other two but i will say i think decidui fits with gen 6 gen 6 had this that had this theme of we have a mage we have a tank and we have a ninja and decidui feels like that archer that should have been in that D, &D group going on their adventure <laughs> well decidui is for all the little boys and girls who love hoodies that's true i <laughs> As a, as a hoodie lover myself, I would love to get my hands on a Decidueye hoodie. And it's, it's definitely not the first time Pokemon has, has picked out specific Pokemon to market them in their respective, in some, some form of respective market, where, whether that's Lucario, whether that's Victini, whether that was supposed to be Zoroark but didn't really follow through. And yeah, let's, I mean, at, let's at least say that's an achievement that... They've come to recognize at this point that video games are not just for little boys. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. And 
the Tapu line has has some cool Pokemon that we're going to talk about. I do want to focus on Incineroar here real quick because I feel like we have the most to talk about in that one. I think the elephant. Yeah, you I, would. And I think the elephant in the room right away is why, as this is a wrestler Pokemon, why is this not firefighting? And I think that clears up a lot about Dark that's been talked about over the years. And there's still a lot of confusion regarding Dark. And I think we all kind of mutually agree what Dark type is and has been. But I think that Dark has this, Dark as a type has this uh, first impression of being evil. And the opposite of evil would be like a light type. Because light would triumph over Dark. But in reality, dark is the opposite of fighting. A fighting and fighting type Pokemon are Pokemon that fight with honor, that fight respectfully. Um, you see this in like the fighting dojo with Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, Machamp, stuff like that. Dark is actually the opposite of that, where it's, it's Pokemon that will do anything to win, whether that's cheating, uh, whether that's pl- not playing fair. That's the same thing as cheating. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's trickery. Right. In a way that, I mean, it, there's some overlap there with ghost type as well, but it's it's like trickery or something sinister. It's not. It's not. I mean, the, quote it, unquote, I think it's it, not I think evil. The, I think the, I think the actual, I think the Japanese word in that it's based on might actually translate to evil, but I think I don't really know that much about Japanese, so I don't know if that's like a really right. like a that, good translation or not. But it's clear from their depictions of some of the Pokemon that it's not really like these are evil Pokemon yeah. or anything. A fantastic, of sort. a fantastic example is Absol. Like Absol is yeah. a dark type Pokemon. Absol is one of the Pokemon that are the least evil because Absol's whole Pokedex is it warns villages of natural disasters. That's not evil at all. <laughs> if you look at the dark type move roster, I was I tweeted this to somebody who was again confused why Incineroar would be a dark and not fighting, but if you just look at dark type moves, you have moves like thief, torment, foul play, fake tears, beat up, nasty plot, punishment, sucker punch. Those aren't evil moves. Those are those are moves that are that that label a cheater. Or label somebody who doesn't play fair. They label a heel. <laughs> a heel, yes. And we've talked about wrestling on the show before. Travis actually made a heel joke a couple weeks ago, but uh, in and the you re- were really proud of me. I was. I was super proud. In the in the wrestling world, the good guys are known as baby faces or just faces, and the bad guys are known as heels. And most of the time. A lot of heels are popular and a lot of people like the heels, but it's not because they're bad. It's just because how they wrestle is is usually walks that line of cheating or or doing what they can to win that wouldn't normally be uh, within the rules. And that is, you know, pretty much what Incineroar is kind of conveying that he or she is this wrestler Pokemon, but they will play dirty in order to win, and that's where that dark type comes from. They don't fight with honor like a Machamp or a Hitmonlee would. And I don't think I don't think for a second that 
Pokemon just switched it to dark because we we didn't need another 20th fighting f- firefighting starter. I don't think that at all. I think there was clear intentions with the design, with the description, and then with the typing that made Incineroar who they are. So mm-hmm. you guys have never heard the term heel outside of wrestling? I know it comes from something before wrestling, but I, I don't know if I'll, off the top of my head. I just can't say I, that I have. Yeah, for me, I maybe it's because I like was around a lot of old people when I was younger. But that, yeah, I've heard that term a lot, especially like when you're talking about dating and it was like, oh, I don't like that guy she's going with. He's a real heel. And I mean, for me, that was pretty common. And then like, I just remember in the Slack that everybody was like, oh, I've never heard that term before. And I was like, really? I just, but then the dictionary says that it's outdated. So there you go. Will Anderson outdated again. Yeah, but it's cool that you can you can make a reference that it it does exist outside of wrestling, but it's it makes sense for them to use a wrestling term for a wrestling Pokemon with a type that matches both that term and style they're going for. I was just looking up to see if I could find more instances of the usage you're talking about will and it might be a regional thing i'm seeing references to it as being an east coast thing oh i'm from the east coast (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's what i'm saying yeah so i looked up in the japanese english dictionary the word aku and it translates as evil harsh taste lie and that's l-y-e like the thing you use to dispose of bodies in your bathroom puckery juice to be less crowded, to be open, to become empty. Wickedness. And then there's some compound words for uh, Aku, like Genaku, which means head gangster, like Giovanni. Kenaku, which is dangerous. Uh, another Kenaku is gloomy. Another Kenaku is perilous. Another Kenaku is serious. And then Zenaku is good and evil. So there you go. It could be all of those things. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that while evil and apparently Aku are both words that have a pretty wide range of different connotations, that their connotations don't overlap one to one, especially with those some of those first meanings you're reading, Will, like uh, harsh taste and and like wickedness is kind of in evil in our word evil but not as it sounds that explicitly so i think it's just a matter of they're very similar words but some of the associations get lost between right. translation yeah cult cultural associations also the bad guy in samurai jack was named aku that's all i have to continue <laughs> yeah that that's topic. all I, that's all i got when i was trying to search for it to figure out if we were right or not was just a lot of pictures from samurai jack yeah yeah that's an awesome cartoon <laughs> i mean i never it, really watched it in the anime you have pokemon like wheezing or arbok on the bad guy team but they're not dark pokemon and of course, later on, they do introduce Pokemon like Houndor or Houndoom and stuff, but there's still other Pokemon that are on the the bad guys team that don't just, they don't just give all the bad guys dark Pokemon. That just is not how it works. The After I saw all these three in motion, after I saw the names, after I got the descriptions of what they were going for, I do like these Pokemon a lot. I don't think... In our, in our Slack community, where we're kind of 
debating out of the 21 starters which one is our least favorite and i said that mine would probably be the chikorita line or the mega- the meganium line out of out of all 21 that would probably be the one that i think is the weakest uh but i think overall though i think gen 5 is kind of the weakest with samurat and embor and oh i love the ashwa line Samurai yeah, is exactly Samurai is such oh. a loss compared to Ashwad. If you want to talk about Pokemon that don't follow through and look like their final evolution, it's Ashwad. It doesn't look like it's final evolution, but I mean, I I will concede to the point that I mean, maybe there's something. I'm sure someone could come on here and explain to me why it makes perfect sense if you know everything about. Well, actually, the the these two animals, while they're not related, have similar behavior, and that like I'm sure someone can make that argument. But but I but I mean I'll concede that they don't like it, it's a big jump from Duat to Samurat, but that doesn't mean that all three of those Pokemon aren't really cool. I mean I love Ashwat. Ashwat is my jam. I also love Tepig, but I've Gen Five to me has the biggest disconnect. Besides the the Snivy line, and I don't really get those disconnects with with these Gen Seven Pokemon, like to po- Populo to Primarina, that line is fully fleshed. You Rowlet could... to Dartrix is is good, but Dartrix to Decidueye is still hurting me. But it's still you can still see it. Like if you put those Pokemon, if you laid out, you know, 200 Pokemon and all three of them were there, you could kind of see the pattern. I don't but know. It takes a more finely toothed comb than it really should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to see the pattern between Oshawa and Samurott. Fair, but I still think Samurott look uh, in general is, is cooler. Stan- than <laughs> Standalone Samurott is great. I just think that that disconnect is too big. And I, I'm also just not a fan of Embor. It, they, they just put a Donkey Kong barrel around him and called it a day. Oh, how many times are you going to pull that old trope out of the closet? Uh, well, I, think, are you, I think three episodes in a row. Are, um, are you? Froki uh, is, is the best starter. <laughs> the, and that line, that line, again, I think is fully fleshed out. Very clear. But I'm very, I'm very happy with these Pokemon. I think they're great. I would not be disappointed picking any of the starters, I feel. Litten might actually be the worst starter of all time. What? Would you stop? That is incorrect. Yeah, because it, it, it's obviously Chikorita. Chikorita is cute, though. Uh, uh, Litten is cute. Litten is pretty cute. I don't, I don't get, like... What is... Chikorita's... What is, like, a, a really... It's like a dinosaur. I don't know what it is, but I like it! It's like a bad dinosaur. <laughs> it's like a, a, a pear that's, like, running around. <laughs> No, if we're talking dinosaurs, Bulbasaur is already better. <laughs> Bad di- There's an alternate universe where a certain website is instead called Bad Dinosaur, and you just accidentally <laughs> referenced something that our listeners should not discover. Uh, yep. Be as vague as I can with that joke, and yet specific enough that someone will get it. Let's talk about the Tapus. We have Tapu Lili, Tapu Bulu, and Tapu Finny. Finny, Finny. I don't have their names up, so I can't correct your pronunciation. I don't remember how they were all spelled. Yeah, it's either Finny or or, or Finny. Tapu Lili is so there are four major islands. We're not counting the man-made island in the center. These are the guardian deities of each island. 
So not only do we we see all four, I'm assuming I'm assuming they're the the, the legendary dogs or legendary birds of of this generation, and it's cool that they did four instead of three. I think that's cool. Tapu Lili is a psychic fairy. Uh, is the guardian of Akala Island. This Pokemon scatters glowing scales that have physical effects on others, providing uh, stimulation to their bodies and healing their illness or injuries. Tapu Lili has the ability Psychic Surge, an ability that no other Pokemon previously had. With Psychic Surge, the field is turned into Psychic Terrain, which boosts the power of any Psychic-type move used by any Pokemon on the ground and prevents and prevents them from being hit by priority moves. Uh, can we go with Tapu Lele instead of Tapu Lili? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like it's like ukulele, the inst- musical instrument, like a banjo. No, like an ukulele, like a guitar, a little guitar. <laughs> and the the name of it, ukulele, comes from the the translation is jumping flea because you move your fingers around quite quickly. Oh, okay, All on right. the four strings. That's why we have you here, Will. Yes, my only use. <laughs> <laughs> Tapu Bulu. We'll talk about it. Let me get through all these. We'll talk about them. Tapu Bulu is the grass fairy, guardian of the Ula Ula Island. This Pokemon has the power to manipulate vegetation and cause it to grow. It can use this power to make its wooden horns change shape and grow larger. Tapu Bulu has the ability Grassy Surge, an ability no other Pokemon previously had. With Grassy Surge, the field is turned into grassy terrain, boosting the power of any grass-type moves used by the Pokemon on the ground and restoring a bit of HP to them each turn. It also halves the damage taken from the moves like Earthquake, Magnitude, and Bulldoze. And then finally, we have Tapu Fini, which is a water fairy. Tapu Fini is the guardian deity of Pony Island. This Pokemon is able to attack by manipulating water it does not like to it does not like to risk being harmed during battle so it creates a thick fog to disorient its opponents and lead them to their own destruction tapu finny has the ability misty surge an ability that no other pokemon previously had with misty surge the field will be turned into misty terrain having the damage done having the damage Taken by Pokemon on the ground from Dragon-type moves and preventing them from being afflicted with status conditions or confusion. And then, of course, there's Tapu Koko, which is fire? Uh, Electric Fairy. Tapu Koko is Electric Fairy. Yeah, because it has the same type of ability except for Electric Terrain. Yep, Electric Surge. All right. Any thoughts on these guys? I think they all look cool. You won't be able to use them in competition. You don't think so? No. I think they're designed for competition. I think that they want... Banned legendaries. Mm -mm -mm. I think that they want people to use these to change the field. Just like in the TCG, they have all those stadium cards. Like, I feel like... Isn't the rule... Is the rule set already out for... Uh, It is, isn't it? Yeah, I think... I think so. I think it was so. Just... That might actually not even be a question. Well, okay. So here's the thing: if they are banning specific Pokemon by name, they may not have put those in the rule set because they didn't want to. Well, sure. 
release that information. So. But they don't. But they don't always ban all legendaries. Yeah, these aren't going to be banned. I have the summary right here. All battles must be played with Pokemon Sun Moon. Pokemon Sun Moon. All battles are played with either Pokemon Sun or Pokemon Moon. They're double battles. The only you can only use the Alola region Pokedex. Z crystals are allowed. Mega stones are not allowed. Some legendary and some mythical Pokemon are banned, including Solgaleo, Lunala, and Megirna. Ten minute player time system. I guarantee you these go. Pokemon are, are not banned. They probably want. Uh, oh, how much you want to bet? How much you want to bet? I will legitimately put $10 on this. I will put $10 that these four Pokemon will not be banned. $10 they will be banned. Because Because like Terrakian wasn't banned when Gen 5 came out. Um, Because they want people to use... Zapdos was all over the place for a while. They want people to use these these field-changing moves. They want people to use Trick Room. Aren't there like two other field-changing moves that no one ever used? Like Trick Room was the only one really used. And there's, I mean, you got tail, Tailwind is relevant to some extent. But um, I'm talking about changing the whole field. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, there's tons of moves like that because they already yeah, had like Wonder um, Room. Yeah, well, like Wonder Room is one. And like no one ever uses those. Only Trick Room is used. Right. I mean, I don't know. I use some of those in competition in not big competitions. Mag- Magic Room is Wonder another one. Room? No, no, no. He's because I'm saying like Misty Terrain or the one that uh, the grassy is it grassy terrain is the other one. Those are it's the same concept as those. So I've used those. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there was Magic Room, Trick Room, Wonder Room. And now there's going to be Electric Surge, Misty Surge, Grassy Surge and Psychic Surge. And all of those effects already existed. But the abilities to trigger them without having to use a move did not right and i bet that these rooms destroy other rooms so if a trick room's up and yeah you, they, yeah uh, well i don't know i mean i mean that is all we could already figure out if that's the case just by playing like gen 6 because those effects already exist in the game and i think i think they no, yeah, I yeah. I, I, I just, I, I just looked it up. Oh, I just they? looked it up, and it says, "This is from Bulbapedia." Grassy terrain creates terrain that envelops the field and replaces background environments and any other terrain that is already in effect. And trick room well, would be considered terrain, right? I think it would be the background environment. Yeah, because trick room makes it like a grid. Yeah, yeah. And then wonder room is a grid too, but it's like purple instead of blue. Hmm. I don't know specifically about the colors, but you're probably right. <laughs> I like all these Pokemon, though. Oh, the only the only number that's worth looking at in a Pokemon battle, the only thing that, visual that's worth looking at in a Pokemon battle is the opponent's health bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so we got $10 on if these are being banned or not. You heard it here first. Let's talk about the Pokemon themselves, though. Do we like them? I really like the, the, the bull one, the grass one. I like, I like that one a lot. Before, when Tapu Koko had been announced, I think I said I didn't really like it. But now that I've seen it in context with the other three, I really like this quadrilogy of Pokemon. I like Tapu Lele a lot. Yeah, I think they all look fun. I like uh, the purple pointy unicorn. Uh, Finny? Finny? The water one. Uh, Yes, that one. The one that um, actually looks like a dolphin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one, too. Uh, all the guardian deities can use a special Z-type move 
Uh, Guardian of Alola. When using this Z-type move, the Pokemon closes its shell, uh, and a huge avatar appears from the ground to attack the opposing Pokemon, dealing damage equal to 75% of the target's remaining HP. So I think if you watched the trailers and you saw this, this giant yellow headless Goomby, uh, Goomy, no, not Goomy, Goomby, Gumby, 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 <laughs> Gumby. I was wondering what you're, that's, that is a perfect, uh, uh, that is a perfect comparison. It looks exactly like Gumby. <laughs> headless Gumby comes out of the ground. The guardian closes up, becomes the Gumby's head. And then your little trainer does like the, the, the rock, paper, scissors animation into their hand. And at the same time, the Gumby smashes onto the other Pokemon. I believe the Z move is called Guardian of Alola. Yeah, I said that. Okay, I didn't hear you say that. So they all they all have the same Z move. Uh, it does seventy five percent damage based on the remaining HP. Pretty useless, I think, after the first turn. Like you would want to use this when that Pokemon has full health. My prediction is that this will see absolutely no competitive use because. No one uses moves like Super Fang, which are slightly worse than this. And if you're talking about a move that you can only use once per battle, spending it on a move that has no possibility of being a one-hit KO seems like kind of pointless. That's just my guess. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe it might be relevant on a defensive Pokemon, I suppose. So if one of these Tapus were extremely bulky, you might be justified in using a Z move because you can soak up all you can soak up just a bunch of hits and then all of a sudden in one attack deal 75% of your opponent. But I mean, even then, I'm not sure. Who knows? Uh, speaking of battles, though, somewhere in Alola, you'll find the Battle Tree, a place where trainers who have competed Completed their island challenge. It's a place where trainers have completed their island challenge or who are strong enough to have done so battle one another. You can scout out an opponent you've battled against so they can partner and fight alongside you in future battles. You may even see some familiar faces, including trainers red and blue from the Kanto region. That's very exciting. It's kind of cool. Before we can talk about that for a little bit. Let me just read this last paragraph of this press release here. In previous Pokemon Adventure series, the Pokemon League has always been the ultimate stage for battle. The Pokemon League housed the Elite Four, four Pokemon trainers with powerful Pokemon partners, and a champion who, is, who reigned as the region's top trainer, all awaiting challengers. In, Alola, in the Alola region, there is no Pokemon League yet, but it seems that there are plans to construct one at the peak of a certain mountain. After your major achievement in completing the island challenge, will day the come will will the day come when you also take on the Pokemon League to become a stronger Pokemon trainer? Question. I'm assuming that the fact that the Pokemon League hasn't been built yet when you start your journey is something to do with the story. And w- when you get to the end game, it will eventually be completed so you can go through it. Or and, some sort of po- yeah, like you said, like some sort of post game where doing this challenge on the mountain with all of the previous 
champions like maybe you construct your sort of custom pokemon league to run i don't know just speculation but that would be kind of cool and can i also say uh it does quite put the lie to all the people who are like about the strange souvenir being some sort of indication of rumors about alola and everything because what this tourist says is wait till you meet our champion he's something else or along those lines well there ain't no champion in alola if they don't have a pokemon league so you're wrong <laughs> i'm sure there they will just be take it all back i am sure there will be a pokemon league and i'm sure there will be a champion of that pokemon league but it doesn't exist yet so how could the tourist be talking about it three years ago Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm assuming though that this, this is a. There's a story reason why the Pokemon League isn't done. Well, here's what I know. I'm right. Everybody else was wrong. Y'all can write your cards of apology and send them to me. Thanks. <laughs> I don't even Pokemon. remember if that. I don't. I do not know whether or not that's something I claim. I make so many claims on this show that then I just promptly forget. That I have no idea if you're like subtweeting me right now or not, or no, if you're talking to like someone you, no. else. No, 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 no. It wasn't okay. you at all. You it were sounds not, like something I would. It sounds like something I would say. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think you went after the strange souvenir in X and Y. I, I think out of the three of us, I'm the only one who pursued that. Probably, probably right. I. I did basically everything in X and Y. There was a a listener, and my apologies for not knowing your Twitter handle, but they they were going through our the older episodes, which is very unfortunate. I don't suggest people listening to the first, you know, two hundred episodes. <laughs> maybe maybe the first hundred, <laughs> but they said they were on episode thirteen, and I think it might have been a, a Christmas episode, if I remember right, or uh, maybe like a, a wish list. And they said that I said that the thing I wanted the most was a place to transfer Pokemon to have them safe and then have that as a beacon to always like store Pokemon from all the generations over. And so I, I just thought that was funny that like, hey, I wanted Pokemon Bank for the longest time and now it happened. but. Speaking of memories, it seemed like yeah. Do you want to do you want a prize? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Uh, speaking of uh, memories here, it seemed like a lot of people were excited that you know, Red and Blue uh, appeared at the end of these trailers. Red has a uh, has ninety six on its shirt. It's kind of hard to see because of its because of his bag, but it says ninety six. Oh, that's cool. Uh, a lot of people were really excited, and I'm. Uh, guess i just don't know why and let me let me preference like why are people excited maybe you guys can answer this so i'm I'm asking this as as a open discussion here why are people excited for red when technically you were red right well i guess yes that might you might say that is why they're excited but the trainer you fight isn't you it's it's based off ash what Red no. is based off Ash. It ha- the, it has a Charizard no. and a Pikachu. It's based off no, Ash. No, no, no. I mean, it's more closely based on the manga protagonist Red. If you're yeah. saying that 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 like Red's portrayal in Gold and Silver, for instance, that character's Pokemon is more based on the manga portrayal. Like it happens to coincide with Ash's Pokemon because. As as you have pointed out in other episodes, Ash and Red are very 
sim ash and the two versions of rat are very similar characters but i think it's clear that the video game and manga characters are even more closely linked than the anime version so yeah yeah and this isn't the first time red has shown up in a game oh i know i know i know because red is at the top of the mountain Mount silver silver well you know you know that now you didn't i know, know that, that now before. i do know off bulbapedia red's anime counterpart introduced in the first episode is the anime's main character ash ketchum like red ash is from pallet town on a journey to become a pokemon master unlike red ash's journey did not end with kanto and ash continued through every other region introduced in the core series game as well as the orange uh, archipelago south of kanto taking place of the player character of each Generation 2 during Johto and Generation 5 during Unova and being the anime counterpart. Made Dawn and uh, Serena during Hoenn, Sinnoh, and Kalos Segas. Oh, joined by those three. Instead of starting with one of the three Kanto starters, however, Ash will start with Pikachu inspired by Pokemon Yellow's creation, as well as causing some to consider Ash and Red to be exactly the same person. Mostly, I mean, especially I due to Red owning one as well. I'm not denying that Ash and Red are similar characters and that there's a like there's a sense in which they're all based on the same player experience of playing through the first game. But the like Red's Pokemon are it's like a different it's more based on the like average players experience of gen one than it is like the events of the anime because like in gold and silver he well has i mean the, the anime so, the that, so that red's like, anime stops at the end of kanto which is you know ash with pikachu charizard norlax i can't remember the other three but like that's where it's but, that, that's where it stops and then after that after that season of the anime then ash becomes the quote-unquote silhouette for the other characters in Johto and, and Sinnoh and Unova just restarts his story, which we've talked about before. I don't really get what, what that... I guess I don't, I don't see how that relates to your, your argument that the, the character of Red in the game has, has like no connection to the played experience of gen one because that's how the game character read in silver onward or golden silver onward is is because like red has an evolution right i know i'm not and, i'm not saying that i'm just, i'm saying it's weird you play as red and then red becomes its own character in silver and now becomes this this character that people are excited for it's not like i played wally like Wally existed alongside me, and that's why I'm more excited to see Wally. I think. Yeah, I mean that that's that's fair. I mean, I I also agree that I'm not typically someone who likes the characters that are meant as player ciphers, like Link or you know, okay. uh, basically <laughs> any like silent protagonist characters. I find them very uninteresting. I I don't tend to be the type of person who. Um, really associates with the player icon because I never feel like because you want that to feel like you I would say no like I don't I don't like personally ever really identify with my player avatar like in any game I I 
there like a video game i mean people talk about how like f- video games provide such like freedom of choice and freedom of expression but i never feel like any character i've played in any video game acts in any way close to how i would act <laughs> in real life so it's very difficult for me to identify with the main character of a game even if i'm controlling them. there's some exception where if you're talking about like first person games there's some caveats there because it because it so closely emulates the sensory experience but but like i don't identify with with red and so therefore i don't tend to like that archetype of character but i also can comprehend that not everyone has that experience a lot of people do feel like they can see themselves in the characters they play and feel like they can express themselves through their avatars and then therefore would enjoy seeing those avatars again so so i can understand that even if i don't personally relate i mean i see myself like when i play pokemon like i see that as like my journey going through when i see again i my my initial question was i think it's weird that people are excited just for red now let me try to explain that for a character like blue that is somebody you don't play so that is your rival through and through smell you later always beating you to every gym i remember being you know a 10 year old and and being so upset that like every gym i went to i was like i checked the board and it was like current people who defeated the gym leader and it always would say blue's name it was like w- w- when i get to a gym i'm going to be i'm going to beat blue to this gym and of course spoilers that never happens blue beats you at everything and so that character is very well defined throughout red and blue right like that doesn't no matter how many times you play red and blue that character is the same character so when you're playing through red and blue as quote-unquote red your experience is always so different you are that character so then in silver when they put red at the top of the mountain when they say that's you one, it's disappoint. It would be very cool and impossible at the at that time with technology for that character to have the Pokemon that you had in Red and Blue, right? But Red was technically you, so instead, Red is Ash, and I say that because no, 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 no. That, that's where I have to stop you because instead, Red is as close as they can get to a team that's going to feel like. It was your team from Gen 1. That is the purpose of putting Red, having Red have that team in Gen 2, is that by having the three starter evolutions, an evolution, um, and, you know, a Pikachu might be a nod to Ash, but more likely it's a nod to the the manga character of Red. And then the Snorlax is, is to set, is to, like, most people probably kept Snorlax because it was, like, a one-of Pokemon that I thought was cool. Most people probably kept their starter evolution till its final stage. And most people probably had an evolution. So like you said, they didn't have the technology to completely tie the team to what you played. So instead they gave red a team that was close to the aggregate of what people's teams ended up being at the end of gen one so that you feel like you're playing against your old team, even though they couldn't exactly do that. I don't think at, at all that the intention was to emulate Ash, like yeah, to emulate the interpretation of the character. Not nothing necessitates jumping to Ash from there. What? 
It's, His hat, it's really... the way he's designed, the Pikachu, the fact he starts in Pallet Town, the fact that your rivals... That's because Ash is Grandpa? based on the character, exactly, Red. Exactly, But they're all the you're same. They're back. all the same you're character. Looking, you're looking at it backwards. Ash is an interpretation of Red, not the other way around. Exactly. And, and to, to go back to the original thesis here, the reason that I saw a lot of excitement about people seeing Red in the game it had nothing to do with being able to battle him. But it's because more... he and Blue are dating. Well, yes, because he's grown up and everybody thinks he's hot. And for why, number one, everybody, please calm down. It's a cartoon character. Cartoon characters are not hot. They are ink on paper. And <laughs> y'all need to chill. Thank you. So and yes, on Mount Silver. Red and, red, and, red and blue are dating. That is true. On, on Mount Silver, uh, in gold and, Silver and Crystal, Red has a Pikachu, an Espeon, a Snorlax, a Venusaur, a Charizard, and a Blastoise. And then in HeartGold, Soul Silver, Pikachu, Lapras, Snorlax, Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise. Yes. So people know. And then uh, Red in Pokemon Stadium 2 has Meganium, Feraligator, Typhlosion, Jolteon, Scizor, Tauros. And then Red in Pokemon Stadium 2, the second challenge, has Raikou, Entai, Suicune, Dragonite, Snorlax, and Espeon. No, I just think it's weird that like the character you are, they now turned into a different character. Like, they turned into a character with a personality, even though you played for, through that whole first game as that character. I agree with... I mean, I am not disagreeing with you on that point. I also don't really have that much of affinity for characters that are purely ciphers for the audience. That's why I don't like another game that I didn't bring up. That's why I don't like... I love Chrono Trigger. Chrono is not an interesting character to me. <laughs> Um, but I don't, it's, but I also understand that uh, even though I, I don't have that experience, I understand conceptually, like if you spend all of these hours feeling like you and this avatar are connected, that then you would have an affinity for that character, even if it's then taken by someone else's hands, as long as it's somewhat consistent with right. how you would act, I guess. Like, they, they I, I can understand that even if... They haven't done this with other characters, though. I think the... the Somebody on Twitter, again, said that in Silver, which is the first time you could play as a girl, right? Crystal. Yes. If you played as her... The... No, so Crystal is... I, I mean, oh, Crystal, sorry. Yeah, yes, and, and Crystal. Crystal is the name of the character, right. but Crystal is also the first game where you can play as a girl. Right. Which is... Golden Silver, if you played as her, you would see that the boy's name is Ethan, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Right. So we've never seen somebody like Ethan, or we've never seen Xavier, or we've never seen, I can't remember, like these, these names they give to the, the player characters. We never see them come back. And apparently the actual player, the girl player name in crystal is chris i didn't remember that but and then it's crystal in the manga because it always is mm -hmm. but yeah yeah you're right that those characters don't it is strange that red is the only character they've done that with but i but i can also understand that if people happen to like that character that they would happy be happy to see it again i don't find that very strange yeah no i i don't 
I get why they do it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a weird choice that they made that then has no, they, they never doubled down on that precedent. Probably because the whole point of including Red and Gen 2 was for, I mean, nostalgia is probably the wrong word because it wasn't that long after, but for reasons of memory. And then it doesn't really make much sense to do that again because Red is always going to be that base memory for the majority of the fan base until it grows to the point where most players haven't played the original games. So it didn't really make sense to do that again. So it ends up being kind of weird, but yeah. That's weird in itself, but I get it. Also, people are screaming probably at the microphone that Red and Ash are the same, are not the same people, but they are in the fact that they all stemmed from the same initial story. They are multiple interpretations of the same base experience of playing gen one but they are just like different and they are slightly different interpretations just like in batman i don't know where you're going with that but but sure i'm sure i agree (laughs) there are a bajillion different types of batman oh correct yep but there at the end of the day it all came from one batman i my only point when i say ash and red on the same people is because any form of batman is the same batman it's all batman this just this Batman may be a little more gruffer gruffier than that Batman. Ash is just This one comes from the universe where Superman was a communist for a while. <laughs> this Batman has Robin. This Batman doesn't have Robin. This Batman is played by a weird actor. So, yeah, so Ash is red except what they've said time and time again is that story ended at the end of Kanto and now Ash is just this this tool that they use to reset the story every every season. And so, no, like, currently now, they're not the same, but they were very similar when the anime first debuted. They have the yes. same source material. Yes. Similar, yes. Glad we got that out of the way. I have nothing else to say. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. You guys do this to me. We got two ev- uh, you do this to yourself. I do this please. to me. I do this to me. This is why these episodes are so long. I love. Uh, the I love the talking. Are so long is because we have two episodes of Pokemon Generations to talk I about. I think and... we can get by them. Okay. <sighs> I think we can get through them. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll talk about some generations, and then we'll wrap up with our Pokemon of the week. And we are back from our break. I'm going to talk about some Pokemon Generations. We got two episodes this week. Uh, We ended Hoenn, tied that up in a bow, and then we got our first episode from Sinnoh, which, yeah, I guess we'll we'll talk about these. Uh, The first episode is called The Scoop. Uh, While the Hoenn region rejoices after... Avoiding a meteorotic destruction, reporter Gabby and her cameraman Ty uncover the story of a lifetime. Gabby and Ty were actual characters in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Well, there's always reporters in the game, so... Oh, yeah, yeah and they're sure. always like a double battle. <laughs> so the, this episode opens with a meteor flying... Okay, 
the background stars that Generation has used throughout all their opening, this episode actually takes advantage with it. Starts with that background in space as we see a meteor coming and we see Mega Requaza, Requaza, I'm sorry, proper Requaza pronunciation. We see Mega Requaza smash into it and a camera that is recording it off a satellite uh, goes blank and then pans to a Lanoon sniffing the air. Good old Gen 3 action. Then we are at a space station here. And it cuts to Ty and Gabby hacking a computer, trying to get some information. Then we get a flashback, and we see the actual news station. One of my favorite, favorite things of of any Pokemon anime is seeing Pokemon, like, have jobs. I don't know why that's so satisfying, but to see, like... Uh, a ninjas carrying some electrical wire and seeing a, a dust clops pushing a cart and then seeing a cast form near the weather desk. I think that's all. I don't know why that like puts a smile on my face, but it does. Yeah, and that cast form was real cute. I don't. I don't know if there's a term for that of like Pokemon being used in servitude, <laughs> slavery. <laughs> no, there's there's like... two terms for it right there. Yeah, they're probably not collecting a paycheck. Uh, we see a Loudrid also carrying speakers. Gabby, as any reporter doing, says something corny along the lines of like, oh, we got to do this for the scoop. We got to do it for the BuzzFeed headline, guys. Like, this is going to get us the most... <laughs> is BuzzFeed the... <laughs> the most retweets on Twitter. This, this is going to get us more Facebook likes. We got to do this. I hope... Steve, that you read other news sources other than BuzzFeed. I don't oh, read yeah, BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah, he reads Huffington Post. I don't read... Let me tell you what. I read Lifehacker. I read The Verge. I read Polygon. I read Giant Bomb. And I read Reddit. Those are my sources of news. They're not clickbaity enough. start down this road. <laughs> uh, we go back to uh, some sweet computer hacking. We also see some like just some subtle things that I feel like they could have done in earlier episodes, but they missed the opportunity maybe or they didn't just think about it. Or I'm assuming that most of these episodes have like different story writers and different. We definitely see different animation throughout the episodes, but we just see like little things like the Rotom uh, design on a shirt. We see that Gabby has like a keychain with a little Pokemon hanging. I can't remember. It's a Gulpin. Gulpin. It's a Gulpin. Just like little things like that. Again. For me, it brings me into that world of like, this would actually be a place I would want to be, a place I would want to live in. I don't know. I just think those little those little things are 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 cool. Uh, we have the slowest data transfer in the world as she's trying to steal the video footage. Uh, some scientist gets a notification on his computer that something is getting stolen. That's how technology works, apparently. As the data transfer is transferring. Gabby decides to watch the video. We see the full video of a trainer in an astronaut suit riding Mega Rayquaza and blowing up the asteroid, or meteor, I'm sorry, looking like a bullet train in space, just going full full hogwile towards what we end up seeing, which is Deoxys. And Deoxys is such a cool Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, it's real freaky, isn't it? I love everything about Deoxys. 
I don't know why. It's just like the way it moves, the way it transforms, the way it morphs. Like it screams outer space. And Mega, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And Mega Rayquaza, you know, not so much screams outer space. Mega Rayquaza screams like Dungeons and Dragons because it's a giant dragon. But uh, we see this battle between Mega Rayquaza and Deoxys. The trainer gets dropped off on a satellite, just kind of hangs out. Don't know how the satellite has gravity, but, you know, Pokemon world. Uh, no, he's got magnets on the bottom of his oh. astronaut boots that it. help him to attach the solar panels. Uh, Deoxys gets its, like, stomach blown off and then just repairs it. That's really cool. When, when I talked about the Curium movie last week, on paper, not last week, like two, three weeks ago, on paper, a 15-minute Pokemon battle seems great. But that movie manages to make it the most boring Pokemon battle in the world. We get like a two-minute battle between Deoxys and Rayquaza, Mega Rayquaza, and I can't look away. It's just so well done. Yeah, my only issue with the Rayquaza-Deoxys battle is uh, the camera angles. Like, how did they get so many camera angles (laughs) with nobody in outer space? I do not want to hear your review of Chronicle. Oh, oh no. No, I haven't um, seen Chronicle. It's very good. Um, it, sh- sure. I think, it, I think this one is pretty visually striking. It's sort of like Baby's first Gurren Lagan. Break that down for me. What does that mean? Gurren Lagan is an anime that I admittedly haven't seen that's famous for like, uh, like space drills flying at each other and big bright lights and stuff it, it's right. a giant robot cartoon okay uh let me like known for being like prettier than most giant robot cartoons okay uh let me let me finish off the last 50 seconds here uh we see the trainer in the spacesuit through an ultra ball they end up catching deoxys at that time the video is finished transferring gabby and ty are attempting to leave they are stopped by the scientists with Three guards, I think. Three security guards. This is probably the weakest part of the episode where Gabby, like, tries to drop the flash drive in his hand, but then throws it on the ground and then runs and picks it up when all she could have done is just run. Like, there was no need for that, like, slow drop throw on the ground. Like, it would have taken more effort and more of a risk to try to pick up a flash drive that you've thrown than just to run. And uh, it ends with the scientists saying that the world is not ready to know what Deoxys is. And that is your episode. Yeah, pretty much, except you don't understand how, like, the element of surprise can throw your opponent off balance. I mean, he wasn't the one that ended up running, though. Like, it was the three security guards. Uh, uh, yeah, but it gave her, like, a three-second lead. Uh, mm, I don't... But what... also, for all of our budding... Um, journalists out there who want to expose major corporations and everything that what you do is you keep if you're using usb keys to steal data have two usb keys that look exactly the same and just hand them the one that doesn't have the data you stole on oh, it that's and then a good they trick. think they got it they and think then they, they got it out. did either of you get really mad when she didn't safely eject her hardware <laughs> Uh, that's not so important these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, she was probably, they were probably on like a Linux operating system. So just like the Ho-Oh episode, Gabby and Ty are only used as a framing reference. 
to really tell the story of the Pokemon. And mm-hmm. I think it does it better, in my opinion, because it, there's just not this... When they do focus on Gabby and Ty, it, it, it just shows their character and it shows who they are and they don't spend, you know, 20 seconds on a walking animation like they did in the Ho-Oh episode. The conflict between... There was almost like a conflict that was solved. We see this battle between Mega Rayquaza and Deoxys. We see that a trainer is, is commanding that Mega Pokemon. We see the trainer catch Deoxys. And then we're left with this... Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know Hoenn's story as well, but do we know who the astronaut is? Or am I just clueless? The player, the player character. Is that supposed to be you? Yeah, it's from the Delta episode in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. It's not in the original Ruby and Sapphire. But in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, when you beat the game, you go through a post-game where you're going from city to city, fighting Team Magma slash Aqua people, and you meet a character named Zinnia who tells you there's going to be a meteor shower and everybody's going to gonna die and it's gonna be real bad some some throwaway line about a multiverse and then you capture rayquaza rayquaza you go into space to destroy the meteor to save the day is your player character wearing a spacesuit i don't remember then surprise surprise inside the meteors deoxys you have to fight deoxys immediately after you caught mega rayquaza whoa spoiler okay that's cool how but that didn't happen in the original games you just caught deoxys on your own correct it's like they rewrote the story of deoxys kind of what a remake does interesting i I like this episode i liked it a lot i think it's very pretty i i don't have very strong feelings about it because i don't feel like i mean like i've said before i like when they make say something or make me feel something and this didn't other than ah yeah that's real cool real cool i don't know i think i think it told just i think it told a little bit more about deoxys for those who may have never watched the anime or 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 the movies of just how like what deoxys is again i don't really care about uh information dumps about how pokemon work either (laughs) like i can just I, i would rather just read a pokedex well did you like this one yeah, I did, because I think the battle was animated spectacularly and was beautiful to watch. And yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the biggest reveal about what Deoxys is was, oh, it's a Pokemon from outer space, which I'm sure most of the people didn't even pick up that that's like what the reporter was so excited about was like, oh, it's a Pokemon, but it's from outer space. It's not from Earth. So there's life on other planets, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's other there's other out of space Pokemon, but Deoxys was like, was Deoxys the first, this is outer space Pokemon? I know there was, there's always like speculation that Star Me and Star You came from outer space and stuff like that, but. Clefairy is supposedly from the moon. Right. Um, but then, yeah, after that, you also have examples after that, but yeah, I think like Behem and stuff, but I think Deoxys is the first explicitly space Pokemon as the space virus that it is. Man, he's so cool. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies too, is Destiny Deoxys. All right, so let's talk about... That might have been the shortest we've spent on an episode. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Pokemon Generations Episode 10, The Old Chateau. This is your first episode that takes, uh, that takes place in Sinnoh. Late night, a young traveler 
and her chancy lose their way in Eterna Forest. They soon stumble upon a house, but what waits inside? This is your this is this is your spooky Halloween episode, I guess. Obviously, perfect timing here. Probably why they did two this week to make sure that this came out, you know, a couple days before Halloween. This one with as the clear clear somebody else animated it. It looks drastically different than the last couple. And I would say the other one that looks pretty different is the Ho'o one that we've talked about. I like this episode, but the there's so much that could be cut, and I get why they keep it in, because this episode is designed to build tension. But we start with... Do we know her name? Yeah, she's a character in Gen 4. I don't remember what her name is, but you're with her in the forest, and right. it's a, you always double battle, and she heals your Pokemon. Let me look it up. Yeah, just, I don't remember. They say a young traveler in the description. So we they, we see her and Chansey walking through the forest. They discover the old chateau. They decide that they're going to camp there. Okay, so they walk in. They walk into this old house. They see a uh, old looking Sean Connery, <laughs> and uh, he offers them a place to stay. Travis, did you figure out her name? I'm still looking. This is this is like a deep dive into. All right. It's like, what do you even Google search for? But I'm figuring it out. I'll get there. Yeah, uh, Eterna Forest. Yeah, start with Eterna Forest. So, this in this episode, if if you weren't paying a close close enough attention, you do see like these shapes uh, that kind of go around the edges of the scenes that have. Uh, an opacity to them, whether it's it's green or blue or red, uh, definitely helps with the the feel they're trying to achieve. But that's something to notice throughout. Her name is Cheryl. They walk into the mansion. They see a portrait of Sean Connery. Red eyes, spooky, you know, stereotypical eyes on painting move. They sit down to this huge feast, and the they are eating nothing. But they think they are eating all this food. They think they're tasting it. I think this... It shows that, one, the house is haunted. But, two, it is showing that affects both Pokemon and humans. And I think that's 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 the point they're trying to get across. The more important point is that the Chansey is really cute and, and like, sings a little song. <laughs> and burps. What's really confusing to me, though, is... The table, like half of the table, has actual food on it. Yeah, and their I feel end like is it... empty. That was like completely visually unnecessary. It could have been a completely empty table. Agreed. I think it would have been much more terrifying if they reacted like, "Whoa, this beautiful feast!" and there's nothing there, as opposed to specifically on their plates, there's nothing. Yeah. Weird. Maybe weird. they're trying to go for like a Pan's Labyrinth echo with having some plates being filled with food, like, but whatever. Well, and also, um, tip to our amigos out there listening, uh, if you sit at somebody's dinner table and they're like, oh, yeah, come eat dinner, and they sit down and they don't eat anything and they're giving you food, do not eat. That food is poisoned. <laughs> that food is poisoned, and they're going to drug you. So just if, if the dude is not eating, you don't eat, and you get up and you leave. Uh, so we see Cheryl and Chansey eating nothing. I think the episode... Okay, so the part... That makes this hard for me to watch, and I know it's intentional, is the sound of a fork and knife on glass, on glass dishes and on teeth. 
and I already hate that sound to begin with. Uh, and it's real disturbing. They did that 100% on purpose. Yep. And it works real well. You know, I didn't even notice it. That's funny. They are full and satisfied, even though they didn't eat anything. The, like Will said before, guy not eating, not a good sign. Sean Connery offers to show them to their room. Uh, he then melts into the floor, into a purple sludge. They freak out. Uh, and as you would. <laughs> as, as you would. Uh, a haunter appears behind them. I don't know if it's a haunter right away. No, it's like a cloud explosion. Yeah. Uh, which then turns into a haunter. That whole scene that I just described in 14 seconds took about two minutes in animation. Uh, they end up on a couch in an even spookier room. Uh, you can tell that they're fatigued, that they're exhausted. They don't know where they are. This room is a giant mess. Uh, then they see they get a card. I don't know if the card says anything on it. Oh, uh, she reads it. She reads it. I think there's a reference to Rotom in there. What? Yeah, I think people m- deciphered that there's a reference to Rotom on that card. Uh, they turn around. They see a ghost girl holding a stuffed bunnery. I don't know if it's a real bunnery or not. Bunnery. And then her face morphs in, not quite into a Pokemon, but Gengar-like. And they Gengar? Ah, it's like purple with like Gengar teeth-ish. Oh, dude, I got Frostlass off that. Oh, did you? All right. Yeah. I didn't know Frostlass was that spooky. I kind of just got generic ghost. Frostlass is supposed to be the a depiction of the like Japanese idea of the um what are they called snow spirits or something that like yeah. that look like um beautiful women in snowstorms and and then sort of almost like a Japanese version of the siren. Although I don't think it necessarily has the connotation that the woman maybe more is, like, of a, a willow wisp. Yeah, yeah. That would yeah. drag you into the into a snowstorm. Yeah. Right. So th- we we it ends scenes there. This is the same mansion though. You do get Rotom in, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Okay. So I think it's a good episode. I think it it it, it has a purpose. Obviously the purpose is to make you feel uneasy. Uh, maybe make you feel a little creeped out. I think it achieves that. For me, it's a little hard to watch. I think that is the narrative, right? That's their that's their goal. That's their intent with this episode. Yeah. So what happens to Cheryl and Chansey? Not really relevant. Obviously, I'm sure they, they get out fine. I just think the episode's too long for what it achieves, but... I feel like I it's, I wouldn't it's, cut that because that's that's the tension it needs. It's a it is a weird hodgepodge of sequences. Like it goes from spooky thing to spooky thing and has trouble connecting them in any meaningful way, I think. But each of the things are admirably spooky for a thing that's a children's program. Ah, uh, this was not for children. No, no, no. Mm-mm. They yeah, it's, I I mean it's Pokemon, so like Pokemon has hardly released anything that isn't for children. I think there's there's three big uneasy parts here. There's the the eating nothing with the the knife on plate with no food, which I hate that noise. There's the melting in the hallway with Haunter showing up, and then there's the chick at the end. The only 
the only bridge that they're using to connect those are just long, boring parts to build the tension back up again. Yeah, it's a, it's a creeping horror with bursts of non-creeping horror. <laughs> I think as a short, it's fine. I think that the timing was well. I think what they their intent was was fully realized. Uh, I don't uh, if if I'm on a you know Friday night watching all the generation episodes with friends, or I'm watching reruns of this. Probably not an episode I'd I'd watch over and over. And maybe maybe that's what they wanted. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. It does it serves its purpose. It's scary, it's Pokemon related scary, it's fun, and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Chansey looked real cute. Haunter looked real spooky. I can't complain with a good scary haunter. I'm pretty sure there's a Rotom reference at the end, but you know I'm not too sure, so let's not dwell on that. Travis has like five minutes left before he has to jet. Yeah, I don't just want, about. I don't want to keep you too long, so uh, why don't you just give us a move set for our Pokemon of the week, and then I'll let you sneak out of here, and Will and I can wrap up. That sounds perfect. Thank you. So, like Steve said, I'm short on time, so I'm just gonna pull the first set I see, which comes from Slack channel user Cross. Whose set is Trevenant with a Citrus Berry because of its ability, which is Harvest, which means that it has a 50% chance at the end of the turn to retrieve the berry that you ate if you already ate a berry, and that's very effective with Citrus Berry. The recommended EVs are 172 in HP, 132 in Defense, 196 in Special Defense, which keys you into the fact that this is a very defensive Pokemon. Careful is going to be your nature. Your move set is Substitute, Poison Jab, Will-O-Wisp, Horn Leech. Your goal here is to be as annoying and undefeatable as possible. You block status effects with Substitute. You deal some damage with Poison Jab. Uh, You also deal damage with Horn Leech, which also gets you HP back. And your main way of shutting down Sweepers is with Will-O-Wisp, which shuts down physical Sweepers and does some damage over time. And you're constantly, hopefully, if you're lucky enough, getting your Citrus Berry back and healing yourself up in addition to the healing you're getting from Horn Leech. It's your classic, very annoying, stally Pokemon. You run into some trouble because to really have that longevity, you need to get low enough in your HP to eat your Citrus Berry in the first place, which can kind of put you in a risky situation because a lot of the time, if a Pokemon is strong enough, it'll just break through the healing you do. So it's, you know, it's it's luck whether you get your citruses, citrus berries back and it's matchups, whether or not you're just going to be taken down in, in too few hits to really have the stall be meaningful. But in cases where you've whittled down the Pokemon that can check it, it can be an effective stalling Pokemon. Did we say it was Trevenant? I think we did. <laughs> Trevenant real- it is. No, I believe you said I, Trevenant. I don't know that I did, so... If not, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> okay, I gotta go. Thanks. Alright, bye Travis. Bye Travis. Alright, so Trevenant is the slender... Uh, I was gonna say the slender brown tree Pokemon. It is the elder tree Pokemon. Generation 6. When it's shiny, it is a white barked tree 
with orange, orange, or orangish reddish leaves. Obviously, probably going for the whole you know leaves turn color with with seasons. Yeah, I have a shiny trevenant I caught in the wild. It was sweet. A shiny trevenant's one of those shinies that make you really happy that shinies exist. And then you look at something like shiny Pikachu, and you're like, this shiny doesn't do any anything justice. Because I'm pretty, pretty sure shiny Pikachu is just a slightly darker yellow. Trevenant is probably based on the Komada? Kodama? Kod, Kodama. The spirits of trees that some, uh, sometimes inhabited old age trees. Its stripe-like indentation on its body is very similar to the Shinmanwa? Shimnawa? Shimanawa? Shimanawa. Used to mark spiritual habitation who are often seen tied around Komada. Uh, Kodama. Of course, Kodama. Spirits in Japanese folklore that inhabit trees. See here. It is also similar to other types of trees and nature's spirits and deities, such as dryads. Dryads? Dryads, correct. Dryads and naiads from ancient Greek mythology. Trevenant's fierce protection of the force may be a reference to the Hamadryad, or it could ha- perhaps be a nod to the concept of protective sacred groves. Its single eye may be a possible reference to the Cyclops or a mountain-dwelling Yamararar. Its general body shape is based on the shape of a kanji, meaning wood or tree. Its shiny coloration is based on a birch tree, known for its gray and white bark, with its leaves representing the tr- a tree in autumn. Yep, birch trees are white. I like Pokemon with a lot of origin story. I think yeah, I just wish Trevenant was a better Pokemon. Yeah, I think that's why I like uh, Incineroar. That's why I like Incineroar because there's like a lot of lot of stuff they could have about that Pokemon, like right off the bat. Whether or not they elaborate on it is, you know, completely up to the the Pokemon company. Trevenant has a lot. Pokemon like Goldeen, probably not as much. Well, I mean, it's a goldfish. Yeah, it has a horn. That certainly does. It certainly does. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else about Trevenant. Like you said, it, it's, it's not very good. It has base stats 474, highest being in attack at 110, lowest being speed and 56. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for a ghost grass to use, um, go back last year to our Gorgeist episode and go with that. Now you guys know why we didn't do Gorgeist or Pumpkin Boo, because we did it last Halloween. Also, Trevenant is ghost grass. And Decidueye is Grass Ghost. Have we discussed if the first type matters? Like, is there matters a difference? in what sense? Is like, there a... in giving it more of a boost or something? Just in general, does Ghost coming before Grass or Grass coming before Ghost matter at all? I don't think so. Nah. I mean, not in terms of gameplay or anything right, like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Categorization... I mean, somebody might say primary grass, primary ghost, but it, it really has it no matter. functional importance. Right, it doesn't, it doesn't affect anything there. Yeah, well, Travis is gone. You want to talk about anything else? <laughs> no, no, just uh, thinking about getting ready for that marathon tomorrow. So Getting ready for that marathon. Hey, uh, did you pre-order a Z-Ring at all? No, 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 no. I'm 43 years old. I'm, it does something. Says uh, it enhances your play for Sun and Moon. 
Yeah, by lighting up and, and whirling around. Maybe somebody will get me one for Christmas, but I'm not buying one for myself. I'll send one to you. I, I, I have one on pre-order. I don't know what it does, but I figured uh, money's no good in the bank. So might as that well get very a, true. Might very as well true. get a Z-ring. <laughs> well, I think that's our show for you guys today. Uh, a little bit of house cleaning before we wrap up. If you haven't done so already and you like the like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes. We are as of this recording, we're at 650 reviews. Be real great to get to 700 before the end of the year. So if you haven't done so, only takes a second. I know iTunes is a real terrible program. It used to be good. It's not, but uh, hop in there, leave us a review. It would be greatly appreciated. The other things are we have a Slack community, which if you go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash it's super effective, uh, you can donate a dollar a month and get into our and into our Slack channel where it's like 180 some people chatting and hanging out and trading and battling. And I'm sure there's a, is there a tournament going on right now? Well, or one just ended, I know. Uh, it's they were doing a little cup weren't they is that still going on i think that just ended well there's um a channel in there called goofy tournament where they always have uh, like short-term tournaments with fun rules so yeah there's always a tournament going on so yeah that 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 exists and there's some other stuff on patreon if you want to check that out uh otherwise that's it for house cleaning Uh, you can follow the podcast on twitter at pokemon podcast Will is at Washing the Sink. Travis is at the Travis W on Twitter. I am at Dragging a Lake. Uh, we do plan on doing a episodes, like mini episodes for Sun and Moon when it comes out. So we'll probably do like one episode per. Well, usually it was one episode per gym, but there's no gyms in this game, so. <laughs> oh, they've messed you up that way, and haven't they, they? They got me. They were on. To, they were on to my podcasting, so I'm not sure. How we'll record it this time. I, I always want to record it in a way where you get something, but there's a, a specific point. Like the gyms was easy because I could say, okay, second gym. And that's not going to spoil anything up to that point. Where if I said like gym five, gym six, legendary encounter, gym seven, then you would know that, oh, the legendary Pokemon. I don't, I, I try not to be spoily in that aspect. Um, yeah. So I don't know how I'm gonna how I'm gonna uh, break down those episodes, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. I think that's it. Thank you all for listening. If you made it this far in our episode, greatly appreciated. Tell a friend. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are Super Mayonnaise Lovers. Do you like motorcycles, card games, explosions, board games, Mexican food, video games, music, cats, the weird and the unusual, wrestling? Go check out hashtag drunkontacos over at drunkontacos.com or on Facebook 
facebook.com slash drunk on tacos or even on instagram at at sign because that's how instagram works like twitter uh drunk on tacos all the same thing drunk on tacos.com if you like that stuff they are a proud supporter of it's super effective and we thank them for their patronage Hey there, Pokemon Podcast listeners. Do any of you play Minecraft? Did you know that you can play Pokemon on Minecraft with a mod, Pixelmon? Join the Pixelmon server that cares about bringing you the best Pokemon experience out there at play.journeygaming.com. Journey Gaming has four different Pokemon servers themed after the regions Hoenn, Sinnoh, Kanto, and Johto. Check out their website at journeygaming.com or jump right into Pixelmon Experience on their server at play.journeygaming.com. 